Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Monday morning, a good, pleasant, happy Monday morning. I don't know about you, but here in the U.S. Virgin Islands, we've had morning showers, as we like to say, we call it liquid rain, <laughs> because so, sooner or later the sunshine will be out. Anyhow, it's uh, 10 a.m. in the Virgin Islands, and our guest, our special guest, our featured guest, Jet, is in California, where it is 7 a.m. Good morning, Jet. Hey, ATN, good morning. Great to be here again. You're so bright out of bushy tail. From 4 o'clock in the morning, you're up and at them. Is that right? Yeah, between 4 and 5 every morning. So I slept oh, my this goodness. morning, a little bit after 5. but Oh, my goodness. Wow. Anyhow, I'm excited with what, uh, what our coffee shop conversation has become. I mean, we get quite a following although we don't hear about them online, I guess because of the unusual times that we're on for them. But the shows are all recorded. And I now notice that, to be honest, I'm talking, the shows are now also available on Jed's website or his blog. So make sure if you can't get it here, you can get it there, as well as on Stitcher. So today, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about platform building experiments. It sounds like you have to log in and become a a, a a contractor. Are you going to start building houses yet? Is that what it is? We're going to start building maybe one day. Never know. So I've got a <laughs> quote for the day, and it's from Gordon Hinckley. It says, you have not failed until you quit trying. And um, yes. I love that quote because it really can encompasses this scientific mindset, this scientific mentality that says, yes. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to learn from everything I do. And um, who knows, one day I may decide to take on a new experiment and start building houses or at least try to fix some new things around the house. Yes. Well, you know, that fits in with, uh, I believe it is Watson, the gentleman who was the head of IBM. And, oh, I don't recall if that's the correct name. But nevertheless, I do know the quote. The quote was, he has tried and tried and tried and failed over a thousand times. And somebody says, oh, is he going to quit? You failed so many times. And his answer was, no, I haven't really failed. I have 
now a thousand different ways how not to do something. So he turned his negative into a positive. Absolutely. Well, and that's something that I'm learning to do because I've got a confession to make. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm trying to let go of some of my tendencies because what I love to do is, um, well, I love to get things just right and um, love to get things right the first time, and that's just not the way life works. And what I'm learning is that in order to get really good at something, um, I have to learn to be okay with failing or okay with things not working out just exactly the way that I want them to work out. And then I come back and I learn again. And that's really what the scientific mentality is all about. Um, Nothing has to happen. Nothing can't happen. And, um, you know, I love that classic picture of the mad scientist, the one that's holding two beakers filled with liquid, you know, one in each hand, and is getting ready to pour one into the other. And he's always got that mischievous smile on his face. (laughs) <laughs> because he kind of knows, like, as soon as I combine these vials of liquid, anything could happen. I might find the secret formula for turning lead into gold or might blow up in my face. But either way, I'm going to learn something yes. from it, and I'm going to be smarter for, for next time. Yeah, I like yeah. that quote from Thomas Edison. You just said, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And so, yes. you know, yes. I'm learning that I might have to find 10,000 ways that won't work. And then, you know... <laughs> When 10,001 well, happens, I might get it right. As a recovering perfectionist, I'm laughing that term because I have never heard that before. Recovering perfectionist, it might take you 2,000 times trials. Absolutely. So today I want to tell you about one of my favorite psychologists. And um, this is okay. kind of where I started learning about this scientific mentality. You've probably heard of them before, but you you studied a lot of counseling and psychology, right? Yes, yes, I had that in grad school. Perfect. So you've heard of Albert Ellis before, right? Say again, name again. Albert Ellis, he's the founder of REBT, or Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that was years ago. Yes, yes, the name rings a bell. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not a practicing yeah. psychologist, so I haven't really functioned in that field. But, yes, we did have that in, in 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 school, yes. Perfect. Well, let me remind you a little bit of his story then. So Albert Ellis grew up during the Great Depression. And um, Ellis, yes, basically Albert he Ellis. Took, um, took care of his siblings. His dad was at work all the time. Um, his mom struggled with bipolar um, a lot of times during the depressed stages, she would um, sleep all morning, so he would get up, get his siblings ready for school, um, get them off to school while his mom was still asleep, and then he would come home and she would be gone. So he basically raised his two younger siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was pretty sick as a child. He had eight hospitalizations between the ages of five and seven, so just in and out of the hospital wow. all the time. And then also had a fear of public speaking and was pretty shy around women, so he was somebody who grew up with, you know, not a whole lot going for him. Um, yes. And he also became the second most prominent psychologist in the world, um, which is pretty amazing because you would think if somebody was going to become the second most influential psychologist, yeah. they would grow up, you know, with a ton going for them. But he actually had a pretty, yes. pretty rough childhood and had to overcome that. Yes. So here's yeah, where he the experiments... 
after Freud. Excuse me. Second after Freud, is it correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. My, my no, brain is still I, functioning well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always a good thing. Yeah. So that I can relate. So here's where the experiments came in. Um, when he was 19 years old, he decided he was going to try and experiment himself, and he was going to use kind of himself as a guinea pig. He was shy around women, so he mm-hmm. decided to force himself to talk to 100 women in the Bronx Botanical Garden. And he said, all right, I'm afraid of talking oh. to women. If I talk to 100 women, if I make myself do this, it's going to become, you know, like going through a drive through at McDonald's. You know, it's going to become easy yeah. and just something that comes naturally. And so day after day, he went to the botanical garden, went up and just started casual conversations with women until he was no longer afraid of doing it. Yes. Yes. Oh. Which well, he was like, probably he had was, to be. Excuse me. Oh, excuse go me. ahead. It's like he was a pre-YouTube prank or, or uh, those videos that they're making the, on, on the streets, experimental social um social e- evaluations on on YouTube and he was ahead of his time by doing that <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah. I did an early on social experiment but if he had YouTube yes. back in his day he probably could have filmed it yes exactly <laughs> yes sound like it yeah yeah uh, Jed before you go any further I just want to welcome Shatila she's on the line with us now good morning Shatila Good morning, Aitken and Jet. Okay. Good to Glad to have you with us. Yeah. Glad to be okay. here. Okay, great. I'm glad you made it. All right. So, Shatila, well, we're talking you. about Albert Ellis and these experiments that he was running. He was kind of like a mad scientist. He um, started doing social experiments with his own life. He was shy, afraid to talk mm-hmm. to women that are going to overcome that by taking action, talking to a hundred women in the park and really overcoming, overcome this um, shyness or this um, fear of approaching women. And then later he took that into his psychology practice where he would um, find people with different fears, different social phobias and encourage them to take action, face their fears. And, um, Jed, excuse me, Jed, he he spoke to 100 women one at a time, or did he do them in groups? No, one at a time. One at a time, Mm. okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I'd imagine it would probably get a little bit easier each time. And then later on in his practice, he started telling his clients to go out and try these shame attacking exercises where they would deliberately act shamefully in public. Um, just to kind of get themselves used to the discomfort. Because um, yes. I noticed in my own life, I'll be terrified of something happening. You know, I'll think something's going to be shameful or embarrassing. Um, whenever I do public speaking, you know, I always think, man, what if I say the wrong thing? You know, yes. everybody's yes. going to notice. They're going to laugh. You know, this is going to be talked about for weeks and weeks. And then maybe I'll forget <laughs> yes. to say something or I'll stumble over a phrase or, you know, there'll be a, um, 20 seconds of awkward silence because I just don't know what to say next. And nobody cares. It's true. You know, afterwards, oh. people still come up and say, great talk, or, you know, I really enjoyed 
what you had to say or they'll um, mention a quote or a line that they took away. But they don't come up and say, Dad, I can't believe you had 20 seconds where you were flipping through your notes trying to figure out what to say next. You know, there won't be this eruption of crazy laughter. Or if there is, it's kind of fun and funny and, you know, a chance to laugh along with everybody. But it's not this horrible, awful, terrible thing that I've made it up to be in my mind. Exactly. Well, they say repetition is the key for you to get over stuff. You got to put one foot in front of the other and make it happen. (laughs) Absolutely. So here's some of the things Albert Ellis did. Um, These were kind of from the 1960s or 70s, but he would um, encourage his clients to go to a department store, a crowded department store, and just announce the time. So he'd have them at 1 o'clock, you know, yell out. It's now 1 o'clock. And chances are kind of he would get some funny looks, but, you know, 30 seconds later, everybody forgot and nobody really cared. Um, He'd encourage them to wear bizarre clothing that would attract attention. Um, Probably most teenagers can relate to this. You know, I look back in my junior high and high school days, and whatever I was wearing was super, super important. Uh, But the truth is, is, perfectionist. Yeah. Even then. Whatever, and most people don't notice. Most people don't care, and yes. Um, even if it doesn't match or it is kind of goofy looking, chances are the next day everyone's forgot about it anyways. Yeah. Right. Do you guys relate to that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could I could tell you real quickly an uh, experience I had in high school. I went to an all-boys Catholic school. And, of course, we had to wear a suit and tie. We could wear whatever we wanted to wear. There was no uniform, but we had to wear a jacket or a tie someday. And back in the 60s, there was this 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 trend where we would wear narrow ties, or if you wore a wide tie, our friends would tease us and call them uh, bullet protectors. <laughs> the tie was so wide, like a like a like a bulletproof vest. If you wore what a, a wide tie, I remember going through my my <clears throat> my closet looking for. Narrow ties, narrow ties. I was down to about one left, and I couldn't wear it the next week or something. And I wore the white tie. I was terrified having to go to school because I knew what was going to happen. Everybody's going to tell me, "There you go, wearing your bullet protector, wearing your bullet protector." Yes, so yes. It was anxiety ridden for me to go to school without a wide tie. What well, a perfect illustration, too. That's really what Albert Ellis did in his practice is he talked about how we build stuff up in our head and make it way bigger than it needs to be. We use self-talk like, you know, things should work out this way or things must work out this way, and if they don't, it'll be horrible, awful, and terrible. Um, When really what we should be telling ourselves um, is it's an experiment. I'm going to try it, and we're going to see what happens. Yes. And one more thing I want to add to that. Although I got teased about wearing a wide tie, a wide tie, it didn't last long. They teased me, blah, 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 blah. It was over with. But I was lamenting in it for days later. Oh, my gosh, they did mm. that. Next day, I'm not going to wear another tie like that. No, no, no. I was so petrified of having to go back to school 
you know, why I have to go through that emotional experience again. But then again, when I look at it, but now that I look back on it, it only lasted about 10, 10, 15 minutes or less. And it was all over with. Yep. How do we get past those fears? This is something that I'm learning. And um, I was talking to my friend Eric a couple weeks ago, and we were both okay. saying how when we blog, we a lot of times blog for ourselves. And that's really what I've been doing lately is a lot of the stuff that I've been writing about is stuff that I'm I'm learning along the way. And so here's how I'm trying yes. to overcome my own perfectionistic tendencies. Um, first, I'm learning to get curious. So from the statistics that I found, um, one of the ways that I'm getting curious is when I write, um, 81% of Americans feel that they have a book in them, but only about 1% of people are actively writing books, writing blog posts, um, actively engaging on other people's blogs. Um, from what I found, it says in most communities, 90% of users are lurkers, um, people who kind of hang out, read books, um, read blog posts that don't really engage at all. Um, now, 9% of users contribute a little bit, and then 1% of users account for almost all of the activity. So whether it's blogs, books, um, on Facebook, about 1% are doing the majority of the posting, the responding, the engaging. And I think that's because there's this fear of, I'm going to say something silly, I'm going to embarrass myself. Um, I remember getting ready to push the publish button for my very first blog post. And I remember just sitting there and kind of this sickening feeling of, okay, as soon as I hit publish, this is going to be out there for anybody to see. It was kind of funny because I sat there with my finger above the button for a while and then I oh, pushed really? the button and um, yeah. it was kind of anticlimactic because I hit publish and nothing happened, you know. Nobody was laughing. Nobody, you know, was... Um, yeah. It was almost like nobody even noticed. I think that's a pretty common thing is um, if we're getting ready to speak, if we're getting ready to publish an article, if we're getting ready to write a book, there's this fear of, well, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do something embarrassing? What if everything's not out there right? If I have my punctuation wrong or my grammar wrong or um, I didn't attribute a quote? And chances are, one, most people aren't going to notice. And two, I've learned that when people do notice, they're really friendly and nice about it. Yeah. At least the majority you know, of them Jed, are. Yeah. But at the same time, while we have this fear of not being perfect with our book or blog or whatever it is we're working on, we are at the same time excited because we've accomplished something and it's out there for the public. So we've done something that somebody else hasn't done and I've beaten the odds because I've gotten it done. So we have that dichotomy. On one side, it's like a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other shoulder. So we have to bounce back and forth between both and make a decision to move forward. What a great illustration, too, because you kind of get to choose what you're going to focus on. Are you going to focus on the yes. devil on that one shoulder, or are you going to focus yes. on all the good things that could happen? And so yes. that's what I'm learning to do. I'm learning to get curious and kind of say, I wonder how people are going to respond to this. I wonder what's going to happen if I publish this. Yes. 
In fact, I remember telling myself um, while I was writing my first book, um, you know, there were times when I thought it was going to be really good. Other times when I looked at it and I thought, you know, this probably isn't going to be as good as I think it's going to be. And then eventually I just kind of settled into this thing of, you know, Jed, you might reach your goal of writing some really good books and you might need to write some kind of mediocre books or okay books along the way. And so I started kind of getting curious and saying, well, I wonder what's going to happen when I publish this. I wonder how it's going to turn out. I wonder what I'm going to learn from it. So the first thing I wrote is get curious, kind of like that mad scientist who's got the the beepers and anything could happen. Nothing has to happen. Nothing can't happen. It's kind of a, we won't know until we put these two beakers together. Well, I was going to say overcoming fear is something that I think everybody struggles with and goes through at some point in their life in all facets, you know, um, whether it's writing a book or a blog, like you said, or just doing anything that's out of the norm that you've previously done. So that's something that everybody has, you know, gone through, but you, you have to go through it in order to get through it. And I'm quite sure everybody experienced it. Well, Shatila, you're kind of going through it right now, aren't you? Eighteen was telling me yeah. you're gearing up for a big, big book tour. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. How are you doing? Doing with that? Is that something that's feeling overwhelming or terrifying, or is it something you're fired up and excited about? Well, I'm excited. Um, and the last time I did it, I was excited as well. But the, the thing is when, you know, you can never get too comfortable. You can always, you know, overthink or overthink yourself and think, am I doing a good enough job or am I, is everything, is everything lined up or, you know, just me having the type of personality, I'm always, you know, going in my brain and rehashing out things and trying to redo things to make sure it's right when it comes out, especially when it comes to speaking, you know, that um, as well. So, uh, I'm definitely going through it myself, and you always over-question yourself. So how did you get to that point? How did you get to that point where you could be excited about it? Because I've read statistics before that said, like, number one, the number one fear, you know, in the world is the fear of public speaking, you know, with number two being the fear of dying. I don't know if that's entirely true, and I don't know if I believe it, but I do know that, you know, public speaking is a big, big fear. How did you get to the point where you could be excited about it? Well, um, I've always been excited about it, but it, it actually comes to reality when you're standing in front of those people and you don't want to fail. So I, I guess a, a jolt of energy or a jolt of life <laughs> comes before me when I'm standing in front of the people because you don't want to make a fool of yourself. But there's nothing to it but to get your bullet points together, you know, and make it happen. And most time, you know, when I'm actually standing in front of people, the bullet points in the notes go out, go out of my brain and I just, you know, speak from the heart. So... Make sure you're prepared. That's all I can say. Be proactive as well, opposed to reactive, should you say. Yeah, let me add one of the fears, fear of the unknown or fear of, of speaking in public, but there's a third one that she has a fear of. Now, Shaquille, I'm a, I want to expose you on the air, but what I'm talking about is this, basically. She grew up on around land, not around beaches. 
and when she came to the Virgin Islands last year on the boat tour, I said, well, let's go to the beautiful beaches. Oh, sure, yeah, I'll go. But she wouldn't touch the water. Why? For fear of all kinds of imagination, imaginary things would happen. Uh, sharks will come to the shore. Uh, fish will come up and find her, and she'll be the only one they will find on the shore. And it's funny to me, but I know it was serious to her. So we didn't push the issue. But you know what? This time around, she's willing to try it. And I think that's getting over that fear. You know, we have a fear of flying as well, but if you don't get on a plane, you'll never know, you know, how to overcome exactly. that fear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there are a lot of people overcome. I know right here, yeah, that don't get on a plane, and therefore they never get off this island. Yep. Right. Well, that goes goes right along with the second thing that I wrote. So I wrote, first, get curious. I wrote, two, take action. Does action kill fear? And I think as soon as we yes. do the things that we're afraid of, um, probably about 99% of the time we find out that we've built it in our heads to be way bigger than it really is in life. You know, as soon yes. as we dive right in, yes. that, that fear goes away. Yes. I know whenever I get up to speak, I'm always way, way nervous before I step up and start speaking. And as soon as I... You know, the first words come out of my mouth, a lot of that fear kind of melts away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree to that. So for Take Action, I wrote um, this great quote by Tony Robbins. It says, in life, lots of people know what to do, but few people actually do what they know. Knowing is not enough. You must take action. I think that's take probably one of the hardest, hardest parts is taking that first step. But as soon as we do, you know, that fear melts off and it gets easier and easier along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, that same thing happens when you go to a job. You know, when you start a new job, you think that, it's, you know, you want to make sure everything is done right. You're scared that it's not done right. But until you do it and you continue to do it every day, you know, then you become comfortable. So you got to take the training wheels off and you got to make it happen. <laughs> Trainer wheels off, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well said. All right, so number three, yeah. I wrote, determine to have fun and enjoy the ride. And that's something else that I'm learning to do is fail forward and just kind of enjoy the journey um, instead of telling myself things have to take off or things have to go perfectly smooth. Um, just being really determined to enjoy the ride, laugh at the mistakes, and um Sometimes the failures and the blow-ups and the mess-ups become really good stories later on. Exactly. Well, yeah. And oftentimes, Jed, you actually learn by, you know, um, taking that leap out on faith, you know, unless you you learn from your mistakes, really, you know, and that's a, a great learner is when you're able to learn from your mistakes and correct your own. Absolutely. Well, I was surprised to hear um, one of my favorite speakers and podcasters and bloggers um, recently wrote about a time that he got up to speak, and he felt like everything just went wrong. And um, he also said that afterwards some people came up and said they were really encouraged from the talk. They really got a lot out of it. But he felt like it just went terrible. And I kind of took a sigh of relief and thought, you know, one, even, even the pros still – have bad days and days when they don't feel like they get it right. And two, sometimes when you feel like 
things aren't going really good, there's still people who are walking away thinking, wow, I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the Here's fourth me, thing I wrote down... Go, before you go into that, let me just ahead. jump in there for a minute with something that, that came up in uh, Sunday school yesterday. We were talking about uh, what Jesus said many times to people, peace be with you. And we analyzed that for a moment. And what was Jesus saying when he said, peace be with you? What he was saying basically was, look at all the negative things in life and leave them behind. Let's not get into them. Let's have only the positive things in your life. As a matter of fact, if you bring it to contemporary lifestyle, you're talking about saying to someone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. What we're really saying is, I'm wishing to you that all the negatives will not be in your life this morning, that they will not be in your life this afternoon or this evening, that only positive will be there. Now, I bring it up because I never realized it that way because I grew up saying good morning, good afternoon. It's just our culture to say hello to anybody. We don't even have to know them. As a matter of fact, when I went to high school in New York, I practiced that because it was part of my culture, but I was surprised how many people did not respond. And I didn't let it bother me. It did bother me at, at, at first, but I didn't let it bother me. I just continued saying, hello, hello, hello. I was sure and positive and not known it. And people were responding with negative, and they may not have known it or some did. So I just wanted to pass it on because when we put positives out there, we will get positive back sometimes. After we develop the rhythm of having to go where people get to know us in a regular flow, then it will come back to us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Great. And since we're on the spiritual side of this, too, I wrote down a verse, um, Psalm 34, 8, and um, kind of jumps into the scriptural side of these experiments. Um, It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And Yes. I love it. This is kind of saying, try God, you'll like it. I know with the um, book, The Prayer of, Prayer of Jabez, that came out um, quite a good 10 or 15 years ago. Um, it's a simple prayer, and the author was encouraging um, the readers to try praying the prayer every single day for, I think it was 30 days, kind of as a prayer mm-hmm. experiment. Um, really, all over Scripture, we see this idea of try God, you know, and see what happens. Um, love that. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, kind of a spiritual experiment. Try reading your Bible for 30 days. See what happens. Try praying every day for 30 days. See what happens. Seek God for 30 days and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Very interesting. I love you with your social experiment. I'm going to say hi to everybody and See what happens. Say good morning, good afternoon. Yes, exactly. See what happens. Yep. Probably an, and we're never responsible for the consequences. We're just responsible for initiating it. Yeah. Probably pretty unusual for New York, too, because um, in California, I can I can see the same thing. If somebody says comes up and says hi to you and you don't know them, you know, the first thought in my head is, yes. hey, what does this want? What are they going to ask me for? What's the up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. First response. I think yes. it's probably, What's the up for? probably even more intense in New York. Yeah. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So here's the last thing that I wrote down. I wrote down, try again. And there's this great quote by John Maxwell that I um, read a couple years ago, and it just stuck with me. He said, if you find yourself at the head of the class, you're in the wrong class. It's time to find a new class. And so the whole idea is, you know, as soon as you reach that level where you're around people, where you're the expert, it's time to find a new class. Um, because the whole goal is that we're going to be around people and keep learning and keep growing and um, not always be the expert. Um, you know, if you're going to keep learning, if you're going to keep growing, you're going to have to fail. You're going to have to surround yourself with people who are at a higher level than you are. And so that right. means being willing to fail, being willing to get up and try again and um, repeat the whole process. And never give up. <laughs> exactly. I like that, Jen. Thanks, guys. So that's what I'm learning this week. I'm learning to get curious, take action. I'm learning to have fun, enjoy the ride, to fail, and get up and try again. And um, yes. really, instead of telling myself things have to work out this way, they must work out this way, to look at it and say, it's an experiment. Nothing has to happen. Nothing can't happen. We're going to try. We're going to learn from it. And we're going to get even better next time. Fantastic. That's a good that attitude to have. Yes. Jed, before right, we wrap things yeah, up, I know, I know, well, I know we're getting there, but we haven't yet mentioned your book that you have made available on your website and then the book you have available for sale. So why don't you just share with the audience, please, where they can get a hold of your books? Yeah, so I've got a new book that's just coming out. It's called – I've got to find it. I don't even remember what I've, I've titled it um, – 131 100. Creative Conversation Starters for Couples. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And you can go get it on Amazon right now. Um, the ebook just 99 cents. You probably don't want to do that, though, because it's going to be free on Amazon um, starting next Monday. So kind of going along with all of my um, experiments and stuff, um, I always – put it up on Amazon or put a book up on Amazon before I do a free launch. Um, and my experiment is to see how many free downloads I can give away. I would love mm-hmm. to give away um, at least 3,000 books next week. That's, wow. that's my goal. And um, trying um, all sorts of new stuff. have some um, sites that promo free eBooks that I'm, I've been submitting to. Um, I'll be writing some new blog posts. I'll be um, putting the post up at different link, link parties, um, log link parties, and um, hopefully um, talking about the book more on the podcast next week. So that's um, kind of one of my latest experiments. Um, I have the goal of giving away 3,000 books, but again, nothing has to happen. Wow. can't happen. Yes. And I'm kind of excited. I'm wondering, hey, well, I end up giving away 6,000, 10,000 books or, you know, maybe only 100 people will download the book and it'll be back to the drawing board and I'll have to um, <laughs> make some adjustments and figure out how to do an even bigger and better launch next time. Um, yeah. But just going in, I'm, I'm kind of gear, gearing up for this big launch and excited to see what's going to happen. Well, make sure you give us the link so we can put it up for you on our sites. 
Absolutely. I appreciate that. No problem. No problem. We're here to do that. So let's That's go ahead very and, uh, exciting, man. That's uh, what yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Do you want to wrap I, things up now? Yep, I got to wrap things up because I'm going to be taking my kiddos off to school. Um, yeah. But I sure appreciate you guys and all of the encouragement and love to hear about some sure. of the new experiments you're doing. I know Shaquille is doing this, um, her new book launch and her new book tour. Etienne, how about you? You've got a new book in the, in the works the as well. I have a new book in the works, but it's a bugaboo. It's a book that has to be re-edited. And I had lots of quotes and pictures in there, and I ran into difficulties because I had too many pictures and not enough approvals. And I'm taking the pictures all out after we do the whole book. So it's a bugaboo, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it accomplished, plus everything else going on. But it's going to come, and then I'll get the the thought rolling with that, and then more books will be coming out along the way. Well, I can't wait to see it. So you're you're in the middle of your okay. own book writing experiment. Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. All right. All right. Yes, well, I thank encourage you everyone to be with us today. To dive in with their with yes. their own and try something new. Yes. And Jed, I want to mention your website, but it'll be a lot easier or a lot more receptive if you would mention your blog site. Jed and Jen's Coffee Shop. Go ahead. Give the link to that, please. Yeah, so you can find that at coffeeshopconversations.com. Simple. Coffeeshopconversations.com. All right, Jed, thank you. We look forward to seeing you next Monday, and we'll pick up where we left off then. Meanwhile, Shaquille and I will continue chit-chatting for a while. Take care. Have a good day taking your kitties off to school and all the good daddy stuff that you have to do. Bye-bye, Daddy. <laughs> daddy, man. Hey, thanks, guys. I can't wait for right. next week. All right. All right. Okay, great. Same here. Same here. Thank you. Thank you, Jed. Thank you ever so much. Shatila, welcome back. Hi. How you doing? I am awake. How about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you should be continuing to look. He's been up from 4 or 5 o'clock this morning. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> well, just a quick recap of what we've been doing. Jed has been talking about his platform building experiments. And the thing that I like about having him as our guest, our featured guest every Monday, is he takes a new way of looking at ways to improve ourselves. And he doesn't talk about it. He does it. Then he shares with us what works and what doesn't work. And I think that's fantastic. What's your What's your response to that? Well, I mean, you never figure out what does work unless you, you know, you do something. You have to, you know, take action. You have to actually make that leap of faith, and you have to actually walk out on faith in order to, you know, make things happen. If you sit around and talk about it, you're not really going to get anywhere. So the only way you're going to overcome fear and overcome obstacles is to put one foot in front of the other and actually, you know, make it happen. And if not, you're just going to be talking about it. And I remember having that same fear before my book came out. You know, am I going to be good enough? Is this good enough? Is it right? Because having a fear of the unknown and not actually, you know, doing something before, you have to be able to think outside the box. And you have to take a leap out on faith. If you don't make that leap, you're going to be at a standstill. Great. Great. Now, what do you think about his experiment 
of making his book available for 3,000 readers or more. That's a big thing, isn't it? That's a big goal, you know, to to have. But yes. again, you know, if you don't, he would have never had the book, you know, out to make it available if he didn't make that first step. So I think, you know, setting the goal of 3,000 is a great standard. Uh, yes. You have to be creative and finding ways to put that book in 3,000 hands. And if you don't, then, like you said, it'll probably reach 100 people. But you have to be creative, think outside the box, and just make it happen. Yeah, right, right. Wow, amazing, 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 yes. His new book, as uh, he's mentioned, is called 131 Creative Conversations for Couples. It is a subtitle to it. It's a long subtitle. Christ honoring questions to deepen your relationship, grow your friendship, and kindle your romance. Wow, what a long title. But what he has suggested is people hold off a while rather than buying the book and go for the free download when he mentions available. Now, that's a bold approach. He's telling people, wait, don't buy the book yet. Why not get it free? And that is really a social experiment, a, a platform building experiment, as, as he calls it. And I've never really heard anyone do that before. Usually you hear authors say, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. In more ways than one. What do you think? What's your reaction? Well, I've been seeing a lot lately where authors make their books available for free, but I never heard of them starting off having it for free. I know that it's a good hook you know, to get people to actually, you know, get it and for you to get your name out there. But I think that's a good thing, you know, starting off, making it free, making it available to people, which probably wouldn't have purchased it otherwise. Um, But I think that's a creative way to, you know, gain more readers, gain more traction to your book, and then hook people. And then maybe um, they'll become a fan and buy your next product or, they might tell somebody about your book and they'll go buy it. So I think that's a great marketing tool. Well, as he says, he's doing a social experiment. What I'd like mm-hmm. to do is just share with the audience a little bit about the book. The book that uh, Judge wrote is Letty's Book, 131 Creative Conversations for Couples. Now, that book is for uh, couples who desire to have a level a level up, as he puts it, their relationship by diving into fun, creative ways and share their inner world conversations. See, Jed is, 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 is um, keyed in on this conversation, coffee shop conversation. And that's fantastic because it isn't a lecture, it isn't a demand, it isn't an order, it's just a conversation. One person speaking and learning from another. It's sure is back and forth. We experience that right here. It's chatting with them. We have conversations. And we share what each of us has to bring to the table. And that's that's really cool. He goes on to say, others are meant to inspire and help you and your partner theme and dream about the future. And there are inspirational questions. Let me correct that. And then there are spiritual questions written to help you team up as you grow in your faith together. He keeps it straight to his 
three elements. What are those three elements? Lead your family, develop your faith, and grow your friendship. That's everything he does comes down to that. So, Ben, uh, I want to just say to our audience, every Monday at 10 Eastern, 9 Central, 8 Mountain, 7 Pacific, we'll be on the air with Jack. He talks about coffee shop conversation. Well, we're going to wrap things up now. Joe, do you have any closing thoughts you would like to share? No, um, my closing thoughts would be, you know, in order for you to overcome any fears, you have to make that first step and just make it happen. You know, think outside the box, be creative, and and just put one foot in front of the other. Great. And when you're on your book tour in the uh, Puerto Rico and Virgin Islands, St. Thomas Virgin Islands, what book are you, uh, what's the title of your book you're going to have on, on your book tour? I'm actually going to have Eyes Wide Shut, novel, and I'm actually going to be pushing that book and, and to know that they're not alone, regardless of what it is that they're facing in life or whatever they go through, um, and to never give up, you know, and whatever it is that um, you may have before you, just never give up. Very good. Very good. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we'll have a chance to meet with you when you get here to St. Thomas and help escort you to some of those books and an event. So until next week, we want to say thank you. Never give up. Remember, Shatila told you that, folks, audience. <laughs> and we'll come back next Monday at 10 Eastern Time to meet with Chad and see what he's up to as we continue this chat about this platform building experiment. So long, Shatila. Mm-hmm. So long, everyone. So long. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Take care for now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.